Thank you for joining the ESGC podcast, where the purpose of the podcast, I always say, is to make me personally money, because nobody ever says that. Oh, I'm oh, free agency, I'm getting 10 times more money there, but I'm doing it for the people. I'm doing it for nature. I'm doing it for mindfulness. No, no, no. You're doing it because you're getting 10 times more money over there. All right? So we are being ingenuous versus being disingenuous. I have an MBA, securities licenses, clients, net worth $50 million. I'm doing all their taxes right now. They want to give the government as least amount of money as possible. All right? So we use business and financial concepts the same way you uh, purchase a business, purchase a stock. It's the same way you pick a football game. You're like, Josh, what are you talking about? What are the dollars? Well, every single podcast is a business meeting. Every single business meeting has to have a specific purpose and an outcome. Man, when I was in the corporate world, did I hate meetings? Because, you know, there was just crazy meetings. There wasn't a specific purpose and a specific outcome. So if you have a family, if you have a business, you can't sit and watch as much football as we do, right, without justifying the time. So you say, Josh, how do you justify the time? Let's give you a specific purpose, right? You got the purpose to make money. And let's give you a specific outcome. We're 18 and four. We're, that's 81%. 52.5% is break even. One of the biggest, most important margins, uh, points in business is margin, right? Bigger margin, better business you have. That's a almost a 30-point margin. Restaurants, which I own a successful restaurant, is 5%. So we're doing better than the restaurant business, watching football and having fun. But the other big maximum business and people, people are all upset about Fauci. So people like Fauci. But the thing about Fauci is that whoever the president is, whoever the CEO of a corporation is, if you're the smartest, toughest guy in the room, you are in the wrong room. So I got two guys that are tougher, and smarter than I am, just as old as I am, right? Chad is in here, the young guy. They're just as old as I, and uh, we'll talk about some stuff. We're going to give you a lot of information really fast. So take your notebooks out. This is about making money. And thank you, and I love all those people that are listening to the podcast just for financial reasons. We love it. That's what we're here for, capitalism. Chinese, the Russians say, you capitalists cannot collaborate. You're over competitive. That's why NATO can't collaborate. And we're going to mess it up, right? We're going to tell you not to put Ukraine in it because you guys can't get your act together. This podcast was different. Jim, Scott, and I collaborate for 18 and 4. 
that's a specific purpose in a specific outcome that's what? Repeatable, scalable, and we are more transparent than the NFL, the U.S. government, <laughs> definitely China. <laughs> we, we're very transparent. We give you the methods, the processes. We give you all we got because we're all in this together and nothing lasts forever. We'll go Jim, then Scott. So three games left, two this weekend, one in the Super Bowl. We just come off of the best weekend of football that I've ever seen. We don't know what we're getting this weekend, but we do know is there are a lot of things we can learn from these teams from not just the playoffs, previous matchups, and we have a lot of information that's going to help you figure these things out, make these games much more clear than they are, and to make Josh money. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, very, very uh, important to me. So then we'll start with the first game, all right, which is going to be... So before you uh, start... Is Buffalo, Kansas City best of three? Did I hear that right in the playoffs? Well, that was an awesome game. What What I will say is this. If I had to chime in on the overtime rules, all I would say is this. And I, Aaron Schatz for Football Outsiders had a little idea. I built on it. There should be an entire halftime at the end of overtime because the defenses are gassed in these games. Remember, Tyreek Hill had a long reception. He went to the sideline and rested. The defensive cornerbacks and safeties, they can't come off the field. The drop-off is too steep. They're running that whole fourth quarter, and then these teams get on the field with like a three-minute break. The offense is always a score. But if you give them a full overtime, like I mean, a halftime break to game plan and rest, you'd have a better overtime product. Absolutely. 100%. 100% agree with that. Yep. But again, we're talking about lies, right? How we're lied to, right? Well, how do you know a lawyer's lying? Because they're moving their lips, oh, right? Oh. So the, the NFL uh, <laughs> overtime rules are a lie, right? Don't tell Drew Davenport that, please. He lies to you. He says, listen, <laughs> both teams oh, are going God. to get the ball. No, they're not. Both teams, this is what he should say. What I would prefer him to say, to be honest and transparent how we are in this podcast, both teams might get the ball if the first game does not score a touchdown, right? They don't do that. They try to sell you that they're fair. And life isn't fair. Why give somebody a a false hope, right? Life is not fair. Hey, what's more fair than a coin toss? <laughs> rock paper scissors. Rock paper scissors. Number one. And Jim, we just lost Drew off the uh, off the lot watching I know, the he's podcast. Gone, man. So. Poor guy. <laughs> That's hilarious. That is, you know, that is totally hilarious. So I know you were uh, leading me into starting this game. I think before we break down the Bengals and the Chiefs have great stuff for both sides. We need to talk about that Week 17 game. So everybody sees that the Bengals won 34-31 in Cincy. Here are some things you need to know about why that game needs to be thrown out on a lot of levels. Now, yes, the Chiefs scored 28 of their 31 in the first half. They scored on four straight drives after going out in the first half. But listen to this. Pre-game Warren once, left tackle Orlando Brown, injures his calf, doesn't play. Six offensive snaps into the game. The other tackle, Lucas Niang, 
knee injury, done for the season. They played that game with four guards on the offensive line, and they still lit the scoreboard up in the first half. Now, continuing on, Daryl Williams was the lead back in that game. Now we're going to have Jarek McKinnon and Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Travis Kelsey had COVID, played in week 16, said he was, I mean, sorry, Tyreek Hill played in 16, said he was very exhausted. He still wasn't 100% in this game. Travis Kelsey also was in the same boat. They both had COVID about the same time. Now on the defensive side of the ball, so the Chiefs, I mean, the Chiefs gave up all these points to the Bengals in the second half. All right, here's what happened. First of all, the lead was 17 to three. Their best corner, Rashad Fenton, he was just activated from COVID. He wasn't right. Other corner, Traverius Ward, along with their best player, Chris Jones, and their linebacker, Willie Gay. Again, they just came off of COVID. This team had a massive COVID outbreak. Now, in the game itself, the officiating crew in that game, it was a crew that calls the most penalties in the league. In this game, they get the crew that calls the least penalties in the league, mostly. (laughs) Why is that important? In the end of that game, when the Bengals killed the clock out, they ran nine plays from the one or two yard line to drain the clock out with two penalties on fourth downs. Now, the second half, it was completely lopsided because the Chiefs hardly had the ball. Now, the Chiefs made mistakes as well. But anyway, these are some factors that I want everybody to understand that we need to throw this game out because there was way too much work against the Chiefs, and yet they still almost won. Right. Yeah, and, and to the Josh, we've been what have we been saying all year on the podcast? Players that are coming off the COVID list do not play their A game the first game back because A, they're exhausted. B, the COVID still has taken effect on them. And perfect example, Kansas City, Cincinnati, first game, Tyreek, Kelsey, all those defensive players, you know, the offensive line problem, COVID. It it was COVID. And and that's a lot of the reason why they struggled in the second half on offense because they all were gassed from the COVID zone. They were all gassed from the COVID. And uh, let me throw this by you guys, because you guys are smart guys, older guys. Uh, At the beginning of COVID, uh, a lot of people talked about, maybe if you guys have had COVID, I I haven't been diagnosed with COVID, I've been sick. But it hasn't really stopped me because whatever. I, I had it myself. For, I had and, it for a month last April. So, okay. Uh, does it affect your lungs, right? These are professional athletes. Yep. I know that I've monetized, right? It, it's funny whether it's true or not, conspiracy or not. If you cash a ticket, the money's real, whether whatever anybody thinks about it. But, uh, I said to myself, okay, uh, this person's coming off COVID. They have, you know, lung issues running. Uh, with all things being equal, I'm going to go the other side. And I pretty much won every single time. And you guys are saying that in a fantasy world. Yes. Uh, is there something to that? Or, you know, is it a problem with your lungs? And it does affect your vascular system, right? Your inflammation people talk about. What do you guys think about that? So for a month, so I had COVID for a month, for four weeks. And I can tell you that after I was diagnosed, I didn't have it anymore. You know, my, my going for walks and had to be cut short for a couple of weeks yeah. after that because 
of the fact I was getting tired or more, more uh, fatigued easier. Right. So I had to kind of scale back until I felt like I was ready to go. These guys are running patterns down the field, across the middle, stuff like that. If I, a regular person who's not an athlete, is getting fatigued easier, just think with these guys. Aaron Rodgers said the same thing during the season. His first game back, he was totally fatigued in that game because right. of that. So there is merit, and it does have legs to these guys not being themselves. I think Austin Eckler is the only guy that had it near full workload when he came off the COVID list. Other than that, you know, Tyreek Hill had two catches the first game he came back. Kelsey had a four for 27, I think, against Cincinnati or whenever he played the first game back. So it does affect you. It really does. What do you think, Jim? No, I totally agree. Because if the players on the other team don't have the same COVID outbreak, they're playing at full capacity. Anytime you have a player, a group of players, they're playing at less than full capacity against groups that are full capacity. There's going to be a clear difference because when they're at full strength we see how equal it can be but but that's not the case with COVID so like I said the Chiefs had an outbreak and so therefore the fact that they hung in this game that's that's incredible to them yeah right and, and the coaching you know Andy Reid I think he's gotten better as a coach he does do a lot of uh introspection he does get in uh you know gets in there with the consultants uh, yeah, I think that helps them. All right. So let's, uh, I'll queue up the, uh, the, uh, film we got based on what you say, Jim. Yeah. Which so, side of the ball you want to go with first? Let's go with your Cincinnati Bengals. Perfect. Right. Perfect. Um, I, I think we were unanimous on this pick. Uh, I feel that Kansas City is going to blow them out. Yep. yep. I don't think yep. it's going to be close. Yep. And he's going to make it under. Now, you know, Scott calls it the six, uh, six degrees of Andy Reid. The total Andy Reid bowl here. Everybody has connections to Andy Reid. And the uh, 2005 Super Bowl that we talked about, and then the 2006 John Gruden uh, staff. They had Raheem Morris, McVeigh, Shanahan, Gus Bradley. They're all on the staff. And John Lynch was your safety on his way to the Super Bowl uh, there. And I think that's going to play a lot into what we're going to watch on uh, Championship Sunday. Well, so you're we'll queued go, up the video. Do you want me to get into a couple notes? Uh, yeah, let me. I got the video queued up, and it's going to be a series of videos. Let's let, okay. let's go. Let's go to the videotape. Well, oh, there we go. All right, you guys, can see. Yep. Yes. Actually, I'm going to do this and show you our preparation here. Actually, it's not gonna let me. Is it? Nah, it's not gonna let me. Actually, uh, yeah, it will let me. All right, let's go. We go. There's your tapes. So obviously, the Cincinnati ones are the ones with Cincinnati in them. <laughs> nice. So let me know what you want to see, but we'll, we'll we'll go through all of them. Just go with the Bengals one at the top. 
Just start yeah. the top. Yeah, let me take the nut noise. So we're looking at. Uh, I'll go a little bit because I know where you're going with this, Jim. We're looking at Burrow, his quarterback skill, right? Because he's going to be matched against Mahomes. Boom! How does he handle pressure? He did a good job there, getting rid of the ball. One of the big keys is that uh, Spagnuolo won the Super Bowl with the Giants rushing Chahan. Strahan, right? Strahan. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they get the pass rush is going to go uh, full hard on him, right? He got rid of the ball. He avoided uh, the sack. And it was a rush of just four. There was not a right. blitz. Players are dropped in coverage. Expect to see a lot of that. Spagnolo loves to blitz, but he can get his pressure with four because right now, Chris Jones is a game wrecker on the inside, and we know Frank Clark's been playing at a high level as he has not in the past for them this year. And Melvin Ingram has been a great addition. So you, and if you slide your protection in any one direction, which they're light lacks to do anyway, that line is going to be overwhelmed with those three bass passers. If you think Jeff Simmons and Harold Landry in the outside or something, this is a, in my opinion, Chris Jones is a much better game wrecker than Jeff Simmons. Big time. Big time. Uh, there we go. Another one. Now, that's going to be big, right? If they can get a big play with Chase, with a skinny – a skin, this is a skinny post versus a slant, right? Slant, he yeah. would go all the way. And Chase is such a great talent, he can get loose. However, Take that back to the line of scrimmage and pause it, please. Now, look go. how many guys are lined up at the line. You have one, two, three, four, five, six. They're they're indicating pressure against a five-man's front. Tyler Boyd is not going to block the outside player, and the tight end is in a clear receiving role. So this is has to be a hot read because they know there's not much coverage. You only have – they have five there. There's only six guys out. So this is going to be a quick pass no matter what. The Chiefs, in my opinion, will not make that mistake. They will not give Burrow those favorable looks by putting too many guys up on the front line. Something I saw that's going to – I think it's going to be problems for each quarterback. If you see with Burrow, he's only looking – he's locking in on his guy. It's a hot read. He has to. Yeah. He knows he has one and a half seconds tops with that rush coming. Well, I was just going to say, he, he's got to get rid of the ball in, in two seconds and under, or he's going to get sacked the whole game like he did against Tennessee. If he holds that ball and he's indecisive about where he's going and who he's going to throw it to, Kansas City can have double-digit sacks in this game very easily, very easily. But you're as a basketball coach would know, and I know, you know, I, I were in a point guard, even though it was fast in a second, you, you do a little bit of a fake. Yep. Even though you know where you're going. Now, on this play, they had a clear plan. But it's going to be very important that Joe Mixon, as a receiver out of the backfield, alleviates pressure. Now, Tennessee was very good against receiving backs, but Kansas City's bottom 10 against them. And Joe Mixon did very well in the screen game the first time they played. I expect him to be very busy in this game to mitigate that pass rush. Do, do you see Cincinnati lining him in the slot? No, a few times? no. I think, think he so? has, I think he either – see, if he lines up in the backfield with Burrow, he can either be in pass pro 
or he can leak out depending where the pressure is coming from and give Burrow a quick opportunity to get the ball out. And because the Chiefs struggle in defense against receiving running backs, that's where Joe Mixon can really get them a lot of yardage as well. Right. Right. There's, I think this is the, the one play to Nixon here. Because I think he's going to be very important for them. If they have a shot, you're going to need big plays from Nixon. Yes. And what I wanted to go, what I what with the it's going to be a lot of uh, RPOs, right? So he could take it out if he wants, depending on what the end does. He just gave it to uh, Nixa. All right. So what I would prefer is that right here he looks this guy off. He's backing off anyways, but he's just going to that one place where he's going, right? So Kansas City is going to do a lot of uh, reading of the eyes, unless he makes an adjustment. See, my, my feeling on this game is Kansas City is going to get up on him early. Yes, and they they're will. Gonna, and they're going to force Cincinnati to become very one-dimensional in their offense. And that's going to allow the Chiefs defense to tee off on Burrow. Well, they're going to do it anyways, right? They gave up 51 sacks during the season. Yes. Yeah. And they gave up uh, eight sacks last week. Yep. Right. And then the last clip here in the bottom. Four man spread rush. Yeah. And that offensive line doesn't get them any push. They was a lighter front, a lighter box they were facing, and yet they still didn't have much success with that. Uh, Kansas City, you can run them, but they got significantly better in the second half of the season. And as Scott said, it's more likely than not that there's a big lead in this game and they're going to have to throw the ball. Okay. Now we, yeah. Anyway, you have so, a running so match. Here, this, run. this is what I see as a problem for him because uh, last week, Kansas City's defense was had. So what you're going to see is basically – uh, a delayed blitz where you take 55 go back here All right, so you take where 55 is he could either drop back right? Mahomes had problems with this in the Super Bowl quarterbacks have had a problem this guy can either come right here 48 or drop back he has to make a decision Joe Nixon who has a drug problem coke guy he's confused you look at him there he doesn't know what's going on. They don't I mean, know. This is, a four, this, this is a four-man front because on the on the left side of the screen, it's a, it's a corner. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And they and they're getting them with four guys. So yes, and that's the key. That's getting the burrow. You can't blitz burrow. If and, and and I think you can delay blitz him. I think that the delayed blitz has a little more. You're going to have a problem. But by the numbers, Burrow has carved up the blitz this year. So you're right. right. If you strategically use it. But again, I think that what's going to happen here, because remember, Jamar Chase went for 266 and three touchdowns against them. The Chiefs are going to drop seven. They're going to rush four, knowing those four can overwhelm the terrible offensive line. And with seven men in coverage, it's going to be very difficult to get the big plays. They need to take Jamar Chase out. Now, one nugget, I want to share this with everybody. Those who are gambling on players, too, individuals. So, Jamar Chase, he blew up the Ravens, and he did extremely well against the Steelers, two divisional opponents. The second time he played them, the production 
by the yard, who's almost cut in half, and they didn't. He didn't score on them in the second meeting. The right. only team he did well against the second time was the Raiders, but he didn't do well against them in the first. He's three for thirty in a touchdown. So the Raiders didn't make adjustments. But the two divisional opponents that made adjustments for him had remarkable success compared to what he did. He still had one hundred twenty-five yards against the Ravens the second time around, but that was over two hundred and multiple touchdowns the first time. So the Chiefs will be in the same boat. They will play deeper shell and they will limit Lamar. Jamar Chase will still do okay, but they're going to limit him, like just like the Steelers and just like the Ravens. Now, note this if you're a better on and player props, right. in both of those games where Chase was limited by the Steelers and the Ravens, T. Higgins went absolutely nuts. Mm-hmm. I expect more of the same here. Yeah, I agree. Uh, before we get some final props and we go to the next game. Yes. These are the two plays I see coming from the Bengals. Two gyms. Uh, when you say high shell, this is what I, I expect because they're going to have to get production from 28. <laughs> and this is the way they're going to do it, right? They're going to they're gonna get them on a wheel route. Mm-hmm. And in this case, you go to the other side to Higgins. Right, deep yep. shell, underneath coverage, easy play for him. Higgins on those Higgins on in breakers because he's a big there you go receiver. There you go, exactly what Jim's talking about here. We'll go here. He's reading it, and uh, I'll go back. I don't know. Uh-huh. There you go. There we come. The in breaking route. Bam! In the middle of the field, young quarterback get an easy way out. Now, the question I have for you, Jim, we know Burrow's going to get sacked, right? He gave up yes, eight yes. sacks last week, 51 yes. sacks. Crosby and them got to him. Who are the good sack guys to bet on on Kansas City? So, we don't have Tom Ali anymore, right? Look, they <laughs> all three of their top rushers should get a sack here. Chris Jones, Melvin Ingram, and Frank Clark. So... Yeah. If you're betting the props, any one of those players should get a sack because right. those are going to be the predominance of the pass rush. Now, Chris Jones is the best bet for multiples because he's going to rush up the middle, and it's a very big weakness. Jonah Williams has done decently at the left tackle, decently. But the interior line is a real problem, and they're not going to be able to slide protection. They actually made no adjustments. They were blocking with five. They weren't even last week against Tennessee giving them help. They were irresponsible, but that's the way they play. They play old school. That's all. I mean, five years ago, old school, Sean McVay, 11 personnel and just get it out. And so that's what they're doing. Your three receivers during the season down the stretch, the Bengals played 76% with three receivers in the playoffs. They're over 90%. They ratcheted it up to get the ball out quick to their receivers. Right. The three, the three props I I'm, going to bet will be Chris Jones sacks, Joe Mixon receptions, T Higgins over yards. Those mm-hmm. three right there. And maybe a fourth would be Kelsey over yards too. But those four props, I like a lot in this game because I think Mixon Higgins are going to have to catch a lot of balls. They're going to be targeted a lot in this game. So Now, those who are betting, bet those props now because yeah. right. the, the prop on Joe Mixon's receiving yardage has gone up three yards already. I got it at 27. It's up to 30 and a half as of today. That shot up. 
T. Higgins, I bet him at 67 and a half yards. He's up to 73, a six-yard bump. It right. may go up more. Now, Travis Kelsey, I agree. He went from 73 where I got him. He's at 76 and a half now. The last one I'm going to add, Tyree Kill. Now, remember, people are going to look at the stats from that last game, and they're going to see that Kelsey and Hill didn't do well. They both were coming back from COVID. We've seen in the playoffs, they're, the reliance of going to the big hitters. That's what we're going to see here. Now, the Bengals on defense, very slow. They do not have the speed to play with the Chiefs. They'll play that too high shell, but Mahomes has figured out to get the ball in the hands of his playmakers. And I know we can't spend very exactly like 18 minutes left, so I know we got to get these other teams, but those are the props I like in this game. Patrick Mahomes, over 290, it's up to 293 now. I also like him over 29 and a half rush yards. In the playoffs, he always goes over 30 yards. Yeah, he's been running a lot. I like that one too. I like that one too. No, Mahomes looks good. So Mahomes looks good. And we'll uh let me get a Mahomes thing here. Real quick, Jim, before before we go on to the next game. Do you think a secondary Chiefs receiver has has a, a decent game, or do you think they're streamlining their offense to those those guys? Pringle's been getting the targets. He's got five targets and up, I think maybe I'm spending his five straight games, but he's getting targets. He's been getting red zone targets. I still think it's real hit or miss. Hardman could get a play, Demarcus Robinson could get a play. It's it, so it makes it a hey, Blake Bell. At tight end could get something. Right. I think McKinnon, you, there are no props out of McKinnon and Edwards. Oh, really? I got you know, Edwards Alaric a rushing prop came up yesterday. No receiving props for that. I think McKinnon's about, but you're, I can't find a prop on him. Maybe at some book you can. But um McKinnon's gonna be a part of this offense. That speed up the screens is huge. So that said, I just don't feel comfortable going out and telling people which of the ancillary Chiefs receivers is going to do it. If I do it, it would be a guess, and I don't want to give you a guess. I want to give you something I could tangibly quantify, and exactly. I can't do that. Exactly. Right, because this is money. It's, we're playing for keeps here. Right. Like right. I say, anybody who gives you a bet or a prop, if they can't give you a good reason why, they're guessing, and they're hoping for luck. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, hope, hope is not a strategy. I'm wrong a lot, but at least I've got a rationale I can explain to you why a player may. Once a game starts, we don't know what's going to happen, but at least if you have a solid base, then at least you can make your own decision. I'd say, I see it this way. Okay, great. If you see it differently, absolutely fine. But just understand, we all need to have takes. Everybody has to have a take. No, 100%. And for us, 52.5% for a given. If you're not getting that consistently, you should not be – uh, betting. All right, so we're going to go through some Kansas City stuff real quick before we go hey, Jim, to the next game. Hold on. On prize picks, McKinnon, 35 and a half receiving yards. That prop yeah. is up. I like the over on that because Kansas City, I'm sorry, will have face a defense that is not strong against receiving backs. And Jarek McKinnon has that element of speed against a slow defense. He yep. is going to be able to take advantage of the situation, and he should do very, very well. You know, when I say this, the Bengals aren't great against receiving running backs. They're middle of the pack. They're like 15th in DVOA against receiving running backs. But that's a match the Chiefs can exploit because the Chiefs – I mean, I'm sorry, the Bengals can't dedicate personnel to Jarek McKinnon. They got to yep. worry about Hill and Kelsey. So exactly. it's a great spot for McKinnon. Exactly. No, I like McKinnon. Uh, Andy Reid brought him up. You know, he, he doesn't bring up people unless it's for a reason. 
And uh, he's got his reason up for it. All right. One more thing I want to say about the Bengals. I know we're getting to the next game. The Bengals in the playoffs, they've been kicking a lot of field goals. And they've been getting by. They played the Raiders team, the worst team in the league in the red zone, who gave the most touchdown percentage in the red zone. And they were kicking field goals against the Raiders. When you play the Chiefs, if you don't score seven, good luck. Absolutely. Totally agree. No, 100%. 100%. That's why we think it's a blowout. And here's two reasons that you guys mentioned, all right? This struck me, right? A quarterback makes three first downs with his legs. Mm-hmm. Uh, then one seventy percent of the time, uh, Burrow's hurt, right? So he's coming back from the ACL. He can't run. I haven't seen him run really well, much less get three yards with his legs. So we see him, uh, Mahomes running. Plus one, right? And then the gym special that he liked, they got it for him. <laughs> Uh, it was the toughest that's why it's the most valuable right more pain you have the better are you but we finally got it bam tyree kill yes oh my gosh see this is important what the chiefs figured out and and look i stand by what i said in the middle of the season the chiefs were solved the two high shell broke them but It was early enough in the season, and it took them a while, but they made the adjustments. And this is the adjustment. Tyree Kill in the middle of the field, getting him on a crosser, getting him on a drag, and once the ball's in his hands, he can outrun the defense. So that becomes – he's not getting the 70-yard plays. Well, he did it in the Buffalo game. He had the long one. But realistically, you see how quick he gets to the sideline, and he gets to the sticks. He can move the chains that way. And this is the biggest adjustment because you notice the high shell that you see right here. They're playing to take away the big pass, but Hill catches it over the middle and he is just rolling and you see him take it to the sideline and move the sticks. All right. And, so and, and to piggyback off the that, high shell, right? Yeah. Yep. He's talking about the safety right here. Yep. He's talking about yep. the other safety. Now, this is basically a pig play. Yes. All right, it, but uh, Tyreek Hill so fat now, you always got to watch the refs, right? Because this is a penalty, okay? Uh, if I was going to be a hard-ass ref, you cannot be in motion and move towards the field, right? So definitely could have called motion on it if you got Crete, right? That, that was the, the ref of the last game. Definitely could have called motion on that because he – Tyreek Hill knows he's getting the play. You see, uh, you see the hash there. He's going forward. You cannot move forward before the play. You can move parallel, but not forward. Right. He knows he's getting the play. He's a little angsty. He's not oh, set yeah. either. So that's a two penalties. And you're gonna be wide set open for a over the middle, second. right? Or over the high shelf. Now the other part is why I would pick uh, McKinnon, right? McKinnon, because this was really. Uh, one of the plays in the air raid, other than the fact Reed has put his flavor on it, is you'll bring a tight end or put a fullback in there. But you got the back, air raid, got him going forward. And again, he's not set. But look at McKinnon. McKinnon you, there's two people. You, you, there's three people you can go to, right? You can go to Kelsey, who's hard to cover or never even covered. You can go to Tyreek Hill, who's wide open. 
Well, look at McCannon. We'll stop it there. This guy cannot handle McCannon. You just drop the ball to him. He just has one guy to miss. This guy's taking him deep. These guys take him that way. This guy's taking him that way. Maybe Tyreek Hill will block for him, and McKinnon's gone. Yeah, and the <laughs> thing with and the thing with that is, if you got Tyreek going across the middle on on that slant or whatever, and you got Kelsey up the middle, if you right. swing McKinnon out of the backfield where Tyreek was, all he's got to do is beat a linebacker. He's going to get thirty yards. The guy that's covering him, and yep. and that's where Reed has the tactical advantage in this game. He's gonna go he's gonna put way. Hill across the middle. Kelsey's gonna go down the seam. McKinnon's gonna come out of the backfield and run up the sideline. If Mahomes hits him, it's thirty yards. So he could hit his prop on one or one or two catches at at most. Right. right. To give you guys some bang for the buck, I think my wife in nine minutes to come here with a hook and she's gonna take me out here. You may actually see a le- legitimate hook here. So I'm gonna give you, um, I'll give you something I got on the 49ers. Ask me any questions. I'll give you something on the Rams. And then if you guys want to go beyond, definitely. Uh, okay. Is that okay with you, Josh? Absolutely. All right. So I'll start with the 49ers side of the ball. Now, Kyle Shanahan, yes, they've beaten the Rams six straight times. But the reasons they've done so is two things. First, they get the ball in the passing game, generally in the middle of the field. They engage, I'm sorry, they get the ball in the receiver's hands before the corner can engage, and Jimmy Garoppolo is at his best in the middle of the field. Now, you saw the highlight there. That's the point. If the Rams can get Garoppolo to throw to the outside, like you see on the film here, that's where he's at his worst. They want him to throw there. The Rams are going to try to flood the middle of the field. Now, the Ford, uh, the 49ers, though, they're going to come out with two full, a fullback. They're going to come out with a, two tight ends. They are going to try to run on the Rams linebackers. They've done a good job of this in all the games they've beaten them. So that video Josh showed is perfect because that's what the Rams want them to do. Kyle Shanahan is going to do all he can to make sure this game is played in the middle of the field. And remember, strong safety Jordan Fuller, injured reserve. We don't know if free safety Taylor Rapp has missed the last two games with a concussion. I haven't heard of him practicing. He may be out. Now, the big point here, left tackle Trent Williams. His ankle's in bad shape. He missed practice. He says he's going to give it a go. But if he has a significant ankle injury, that would be problematic. But the way the 49ers run their offense, they've actually lessened the impact of Aaron Donald with their rushing attack that goes off of where he's at. So those are the things I see. So again, 49ers running the ball in the middle of the field, throwing in the middle of the field, the Rams point pressure and push it outside. What questions do you guys have about the 49ers side of the ball that I can answer? Well, uh, so, who's the tougher team, right? So this is, this is the question. And when you invest in a stock, right, you do fundamental analysis and you, Within fundamental analysis, nobody's ever gotten rich with technical analysis. It's the opposite. People have gotten rich with fundamental analysis, right? Within that is corporate governance. So every summer, John Lynch gets together with Shanahan, right? And he's beating McVeigh six free times. McVeigh goes against Belichick. Belichick uh, coaches him and beats him. Air raid, dropping eight, right? And rushing three uh we'll put on some ram stuff there who is the tougher team so each part of the season really good coaches like this have a different game plan the game plan the 49ers have had for the playoffs is to be tougher than the other team 
And like what you're saying, right? Beat up Von Miller, beat up those skinny that I saw in uh, training camp, Rams linebackers, right? Now, when the Rams have the ball, right? Uh, Cam Akers fumbled twice. Are they going to give him a shot, right? That's uh, right there. That's uh, Odell Beckham, right? Who's your new Robert Woods? Yes. So good questions. And as we watch this tape one more time, you yeah, see they have a the stack line. This will be um, Cam Akers, right? Yeah, and they got Akers to the edge. Now, the 49ers are going to play nickel. They play nickel. They have a four-man front, and they have active linebackers. Their four-man front is equally good at getting pressure on the quarterback and being stout in the run game. The last time the Rams and the 49ers played – as I mentioned, since the latter part of the season through the playoffs, Sean McVay is stubbornly running the football, even when it's not working. In the week 18 game against the 49ers, the first half, 14, 15 carries for 14 yards. They were less than one yard a carry, and they kept running. And in the second half, they kept going back to it. They had 2.8 yards per carry in the second half. If they go this route and they stubbornly run the ball against a defense, even though they're playing nickel and the numbers say you can run, they cannot run on this 49ers defense. And if they do, they're in trouble. Now they were trying to protect Matthew Stafford, who is struggling. Right now, Stafford's playing at a good level. If Sean McVay wants to win this game, he is going to have to do what he doesn't do, make in-season and in-game adjustments. He's not very good at that. And uh, he has to come never made game. an in-season adjustment the whole Correct. time he was following him. Correct. And if he does not come in here utilizing Cup and Beckham on the same side of the formation to compromise the zone, run a high-low, and put give Stafford options above and underneath and set plays up with those two, and then use Higby in the middle, if he doesn't set it up this way, the 49ers can be beaten the passing game but Sean McVay hasn't shown the discipline to be able to attack consistently there. And, and unless he does it this game, he's in trouble. Questions? So, so I'm going to say this. This, is, this game is the reason why they got Stafford. Yep. They, need, they need to let Stafford throw the ball early and often. But he can't throw it deep. That's his problem. He's hurt. The man can't yeah, throw but, it deep. But I think he could get, to, get it to Cup, and Cup can make some guys miss in the, in the – uh, in the secondary, I don't think Beckham's going to be as big of an important part of this game. I look for somebody like Higby in the middle to maybe catch some 20, you know, 15, 20 yard passes. I don't know how effective Beckham's going to be, but I think this is a cup Higby type of game. Well, and then they, maybe they lose that happens, with the run. Both guys are going to have injuries because this is going to be a oh. man hard hitting football Absolutely. game. No question. And Jimmy no Ward, guys. Yep. I'm not, you know, no question. Those safeties yeah. are hitters. And um and and Fred Fred Warner. Now, in my opinion, Odell Beckham is the key to the game because the defense already knows. They've already used Cup and Higby very heavily. Higby scored two touchdowns in one of those games. Yeah. Cup went well over 100 yards. They know it's coming. They can't necessarily stop it, but the key to the game is now getting Beckham over the top to loosen yes. up the middle. Yeah, it doesn't be 50 yard passes. Like Josh said, Stafford might be struggling on the deeper passes, 20 yard passes. Beckham is actually amazing after the catch. You could yeah. get him on crossers, 
15, 20 yards downfield. They don't have to be 40-yard passes. Beckham is the X factor in this game. Yeah, and, and before Jim goes, I think they have to get Beckham off early in this game. I think they got to get him involved, get him involved often, maybe on an end around or something or on, on a crosser or something. But he needs to get some work early in this game because they need to to have the defense of San Francisco. San Francisco is playing elite-level defense right now, obviously. They, they went into Green Bay, beat Green Bay. But I think that Beckham is a big, big component in this game for the Rams to beat the 49ers. Yeah, this other needs crossing around. Now, the Scotty Miller in this game, we'll close it out. Scotty Miller in this game is going to be uh, Van Jefferson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can see it. Definitely yep. see it. He'll get the over on the yards because he'll get he'll get like three targets. And uh, McVay's a good play designer. And since these guys play so many times, uh, you got to throw in some wrinkles. Jim, is, is Daryl Henderson a go for this game? Do we know? He is supposed to be activated from the IR. I don't think he sees the field. Okay. At this point, I just okay. don't see it. Possible, maybe, but I think they're going to commit to Akers. Akers, look, he hasn't gotten the yardage, but he's by far their best back. Any questions for me before I bounce, guys? Yeah, we'll just show this one play. Okay. And then we'll close. You guys can give final words. This is what Jim's talking about, right? You can go back shoulder with Beckham. Yes, yes, the yes. new kid on the block. So in this game, uh, we're going to have a difference of opinion, but it's going to be a home game for the 49ers. I like plus four, over 46. The other two guys are going with your Rams. But I'm going to go with the change my projection. A, re- uh, re- a repeat of the Super Bowl two years ago, Kansas City and the 49ers. Scott and Chad are going with the Rams in Kansas City. Right, I'll say this. Words, guys. Yes. I, I'll say this. If the 49ers and the Rams play 10 times, they each win five. So I, but I, I initially used to take the Rams three and a half. I changed my projection to 27 24. I will take the points at the 49ers. I okay. made that adjustment a little earlier today. But um, so I, I am going that yeah, way. Plus four looks good because 75% of the tickets were sold to 49er fans. So yes. Stafford, and I think he's going to get in Stafford's head because he complained about it before, and then he solved the problem. So it's going to be a 49er home game. Uh, and before we go with Centurion, last thoughts, uh, Scott. I'll, I'll let Jim go because I think he had a thought. One last thing. Yeah. One thing I like, and I know you guys may not play teasers, I love a two-team teaser getting six points more. The 49ers plus nine and a half. And then the Kansas City Chiefs minus one. I yep. love that teaser. I got both teams yep. at minus one twenty. Yep. Good no, luck, everyone. Good, you know? Rules are meant to be broken. Thanks, <laughs> good luck, Jim. everyone. Thanks, Thank Jim. You. Yeah, yeah. Any thoughts before we go, Scott? Yeah. Good luck to everybody this week. Hope you listen to us um, for sure. Eighteen and four is nothing to nothing to sneeze at. Um, right. On on our end. You know, my goal before the playoffs was to get to 20 and we're going to get, we're going to surpass that <laughs> easily, I think. Um, right. So we're going to, we're going to hit 70%. It looks like at the worst in this at playoff playoff thing. And we could get to 80. We could stay above the 80. So, um, you know, I hope everybody listened. You know, I'm, I got to pop off. I'm gonna, about ready to deal with the blizzard here. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So, so good luck only- to everybody this week. Hope you listen to us. Watch this podcast. Jim brings a insane amount of in information to to this podcast. So, right, and we always close. You don't have to give Action Sports three hundred dollars, right? Yep. And we'll close with this. 
Winston Churchill, you make a living from your labor, but you make a life from what you give. Thank you for listening and watching the ESPC Podcast Network. That's why this one cost us $800, and that cost $200. And I don't know what that cost, I'm just shitting the word. That's why I'm going to-